Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Success Grid podcast with your host, Hussein Talib. My guest in this episode, his name is Tony Child. He's the founder and owner of Elevated Worldwide, where the mission is to elevate businesses globally through the daily process of creating habits that produce real desired results. He's also the author of the book, Vision Shift. Tony, welcome to the Success Grid podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome to have you here. I like the title of your book, first of all, Vision Shift. That's a really interesting title. But first, let's talk about what success means because you are do want to elevate businesses worldwide. That's a, I assume that's a big goal. That's a monumental yeah. one. So first, tell us the story of your business. Why did you come up with this, let's say, vision for it? Yeah, so... Um... My, I was a, I was a banker for 15 years. So that's <laughs> really? important. Okay. Yeah. For 15 years, I was in corporate banking and retail banking and, um, ran spreadsheets and mitigated risks through underwriting and, um, did a bunch of things in banking and, and, but I knew, I yeah. knew that there was something more inside of me that I needed to be doing that was not banking related. And, um, I attended a, a workshop based off a book called the happiness advantage by Sean Aker. And uh, I I went to the workshop. I remember it was about 13 years ago. The the person in the workshop said, if if you change the way you see things, then the things you see will change. And I thought that was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. I I like nudged my boss. I said, Can I go? That this is going to be so stupid. This workshop. And so she said, If if you want to be fired, you'll go. And so it's like, All right, I'll stay. I don't want to get fired. And uh, <laughs> the next the next three hours changed my life. The next three hours, I understood about the power of the mind. And, and when you change the mind from negative or neutral to positive, how, how the results will completely change. And I was, I was hooked. I was hooked on positive psychology. I changed my degrees in college. I was getting business finance degrees and accounting degrees. And I, I changed it. I just dropped it. It was like, nope, I'm going to get communication with positive psychology degrees. And, and so I just, I went full bore into this uh, arena, this industry and, um, ended up quitting banking about six years ago to open up my company. I had one company at the time. Um, now I'm a partner or owner in nine different companies and uh, all of them center around mindset. So something that has to do with uh, changing the way that we see things, changing how we see the world. And when that happens, then then our results dramatically change. So that's kind of how it all came to be. So how did you feel when you wanted to jump from being a banker into entrepreneurship because basically I am still in a bank also. So <laughs> how that oh, really? Yeah. Well, how, how <laughs> yeah, I wanted to puke. It was yeah. it was awful. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah every it time <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. So, every every yeah. time I wanted to quit, I uh I wanted to throw up because it was all the life that I knew. So so here's something really fascinating that people need to see and people need to understand. Okay. So I want you to imagine that there's like this circle. And so I'm for those that are watching, if you're watching live or if you're, you know, because uh, we're streaming live here. So if you can imagine there's this circle, and right in the middle of the circle is a little dot. And that dot is our life. That's We live as close to that circle as we can. We call that our safety zone. Our brains love homeostasis, loves familiarity. And anytime we do something that's not familiar, our brain literally will tell us, this is not familiar. Stop it. Go back to what's familiar. So if you can imagine out here now on the outer edges of this circle, this is our, this is our logic zone. It's our area of certainty. And when you get to the really ragged edges, what I call it, 
where you're going to get into uncertainty, quitting the bank, you're going to feel your body go through chaos. Your body's going to give you massive feedback that says, this is the stupidest decision you'll ever make in your life. Mm -hmm. And you have to realize that all your goals and dreams and aspirations are outside of that circle. So you have a choice to go back to what's safe or to make a jump and go into the unfamiliar and just realize that when you're at that ragged edge of making that decision, your body will give you massive havoc. And the havoc is I want to throw up. Now, most people, here's what's crazy. Most people mistake that feeling of, I want to, I want to retreat. I want to go back. I want to throw up to this must be wrong. That's the, that's the catch. Most people mistake the feeling of I'm at the ragged edge of my comfort zone. I'm at the ragged edge of what I know is familiar. And, and I feel like, like if you want to like, let's say you're afraid of heights and now you're at the top of the mountain and you're going to go skiing, you can retreat and your brain loves it. It's like, Oh, thank you. Oh, I thought we were going to die. Thank you for letting us retreat here. Or you can jump and you can, you can experience something you've never experienced before. And, uh, and so I've just learned the art of jumping. You know, when I get that feeling inside Hussein, that feeling that says, oh man, I want to puke right now. This is not familiar. I jump, I do it. I run and jump. Like I not just jump, I run and jump. Cause I know that it's that feeling that's going to keep pushing my boundaries, keep pushing mm -hmm. my limits. Yeah, exactly. So, so we, we are all looking for success. Now we know success could be something different to a lot of people. So how any person individually can define success for themselves? Can, is there some kind of a formula for it? Yeah. Like, uh, or, or something that they can put in place to do that. And where, where it does that begin for them? Like, like when you are in the journey into to success and achieving your goal, or can you say like the, like we, we know in sports, like they call the winner a winner because they have won the final match and won the trophy. So when that happens, we can, we can call it success. We can, but I think we've got a, we got a warped society that is, that is warped their, their um, definition of success. And it's this warped definition of success that is destroying a lot of dreams and a lot of people. Mm. So the, the warped definition that people have of success is I want to achieve a desired outcome. That's, that's the like blatant. If I were to go to a thousand people on the street, that's the like average response I would get. If I were to say, what is success? It's I achieved a desired outcome. I had a money goal and I got my money goal. I had a business goal and I hit my business goal. Therefore, I was successful. So successful is the attainment of a expected outcome. So that's what most people, that's how most people define success. So by default, the definition of failure is I didn't achieve the expected outcome. I didn't get my money goal. I didn't win the game. I didn't do the thing. So therefore, and here's the, here's why it, here's why it kills people. Here's why it like kills success mm -hmm. is most people, when they don't achieve a desired outcome, they consider it a failure and themselves a failure. I'm a failure because so it didn't work the way that I expected. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the poison pill. When you take the poison pill that says I'm a failure, you're done. You're, you're done. And so I've redefined my definitions of success and failure.
Okay. So here's my definition of success. It's really simple. It's by Earl Nightingale, early 1950s. He said that, that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. My, my like stupid terms to that is it's the progression towards a dream. As long as you're progressing towards a dream, you're succeeding. Yeah. So is falling and not having something happen the way you expected it, but your willingness to get back up, is that success? And, and the answer to that is yes. But most people would look at it as I have this dream and I tried once and it didn't work. Therefore I failed. It's like, no, you progressed. You figured out what not to do. Yeah, exactly. you know, um, it was, it was Thomas Edison, Thomas Edison. He was asked, man, you know, you fell 10,000 times building a light boy. He's like, no, 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 no. So I didn't fail 10,000 times. He said, I found 9,999 ways how to not build a light bulb. He progressed every time he didn't get it. It was progression towards getting it. So, so that's success. Yeah. So because like you people in general need to change their perspective on things because this kind of, uh, of narrow view of things and how things go, how things work out for them or not work out for them. This needs to change because like you mentioned, 10,000 times trying to invent something that now we take absolutely for granted. Now it's just the switch of a button. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you can imagine if he, if, if Thomas Edison had the definition of success is that it's going to work exactly the way that I imagine it. And then the first time he tried, it didn't work the way he imagined it. And he said, Oh, I failed. Therefore I'm a failure. He wouldn't have tried the second time but he tried 9,999 more times to get to the 10,000th time where it was like, oh, there it is. There's our light bulb. I have like 15 of them shining at me right now. (laughs) Okay. So, so again, if you look at any invention in history, it doesn't matter what it is. Mm. Henry Ford failed him way to his way to a car. Steve jobs failed his way to the smartphone. Like, we look at people that stand on these mountains of success and what we need to realize is they're mountains of failures. They're standing on mountains of failures. That's what they're standing on. Exactly. That's, that's a great metaphor actually standing on a a big mountain failure and you are up there and you are a success. So so, yeah, yeah, we don't see the mountain of failures that they had to like try and reiterate to get to where they are. Like we don't mm -hmm. understand the sleepless nights and Mm -hmm. I'm going to like go bankrupt and I'm living out of my car. We don't see those moments. Mm -hmm. We just see the fact that they've just sold 10 million books or a hundred million dollar business or whatever it is. And we don't see the thousands and thousands of times that they tried something that didn't work and they had to try again. Yeah. Exactly. So some people, a lot of people, when that happens, like you mentioned, they think of themselves as a failure, not, for example, the project they are working on itself. So that will make them their self-confidence shaky. So how do we, let's say, push people to do to go forward and keep going to achieve what they want to achieve, whatever the kind of goal they are looking to go after? Yeah. So. So you, you gave a great word here. You said self-confidence. So, so confidence is what people really, really want. 
It's like, I, if I was like, just think in your own lives, where you're, wherever you're listening from, wherever you're watching from, if you were to think, man, what would happen in my life if I was just 5% more confident? <laughs> what would happen in my life if I was 10% more confident? What would happen? What would happen to your income? What would happen to your relationships? What would happen to your health? What would happen if you were 10% more confident? And, and so people like they, they hang on to this, like, man, I just want to develop more confidence, confidence. You can't develop, you can't summon. Well, you can develop it. You can't summon it. So if, if I'm afraid of heights and I'm standing on top of a mountain and I'm about ready to ski, I don't summon confidence to ski. I summon courage to take the risk to hopefully succeed. And then when I take the risk, I have the courage to take the risk, to go down the mountain, to get down to the bottom of the mountain, to realize I didn't die. I was successful. I gain a little bit of confidence. So I try again. I go to the top of the mountain again. I go down the mountain again. I realize I didn't die again. I get a little bit more confidence. I go to the top (laughs) of the mountain again. I take more courage. I take another risk. I get to the bottom of the mountain. I realize like, holy cow, I didn't die again. And now after 500 attempts of going up and down the mountain, guess what I have? I have confidence. I have confidence I'm not going to die because I've done it 500 times. But the first time I didn't need confidence. The first time I needed courage to take a risk. Mm. So so how important it is this courage we're talking about here and shifting things forward for any individual? Because like you mentioned, not having courage will limit us to not build our confidence. A lot of us have fears, like someone who's trying to do a bungee jump or whatever it is, it could be scary. So what is the one thing that any person should think about when trying to push themselves out of this, say, this dot we talked about? Yep. So this, my favorite quote of all time comes from Albert Einstein. He said this, he said, the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life is whether you believe you live in a hostile or a friendly universe. The greatest decision you will ever make in your life is whether you live in a hostile or a friendly universe. The person that lives in their head in a hostile universe, they literally have programmed their brain to see the worst case scenario in every single situation. And they see that the universe is out to get them. So they're imagining the worst things that can happen to them. Therefore, it riddles them with fear. So so this has happened for, you know, let's let's talk about the pandemic, COVID, okay? The person that believes that the that they live in a hostile universe, this is the way they approach COVID. I can't get it. Because if I get it, then I'm going to give it to my parents. And if I give it to my parents, then they're going to give it to my grandparents. And then my grandparents might die. And then they're going to all blame me that I got it. And then I'm going to be disowned from my family. And then I'm going to be ostracized. And I'm going to have to go and live in a van down by the river because I'm going to just be ostracized from my family. And they go down this trip of like the worst things that can happen if they get COVID. Versus the friendly universe is, eh, okay, I might get it. And if I do, I'll follow all the procedures for it. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to die from it. And if I did, it's my time, you know, and it's, that's okay. I'm, but I'm going to, you know, I'll mask myself up. I'll do the things that I'm supposed to do because I'm a good citizen, but you know what? I'm good. I'm healthy. 
Um, if, if my parents get it, then, you know, there's going to probably be a time in their life where they'll get it too. But I don't, I'm not going down this like hole, this rabbit hole of the, the, the worst possible thing that can happen. Mm. And when I don't do that in my head and I can just stay in this friendly universe, yeah, you know what? I, I was supposed to get it. I, I guess the universe is telling me I needed to slow down. I got COVID. I got COVID about two months ago. It hit me so hard that I was out for a week. I literally had to sleep in my bed for a week. And guess what? I took it as, ah, I guess I needed to slow down. I got nine businesses I'm running and the, the, the universe is saying, Tony, slow down. And that's the way I took it. Because I just believe that everything's happening for me. Nothing is happening to me. Yeah. So we, we should take life head on, right? It's not like we should take every negative thought comes to our mind and start thinking we should have the brakes on or the handy brakes. So that's a bad idea. We, sh we should try to shift things around to make them maybe positive thoughts. And that, uh, that uh, yeah. So what's way. the best case scenario? Like really it's, it's okay. That's the worst thing that can happen. What's the best thing that can happen. So let me, let me give you an experience. Okay. So there was, there was a time when I was in the banking world and I wanted to leave the banking world. I wanted to jump out. And I knew that I needed certifications to be able to do that in this arena, in this field. And so I went up to Toronto, Canada, and I um, was with Bob Proctor. For, for anybody that knows who Bob Proctor is, he's yeah. one of my dearest friends. Yeah, um, yeah I, I worked with him for several years. Um, I, I helped his events and did a bunch of work with him. And the first time I went up there, I, I went to an event called The Matrix. And I paid $15,000 to get up there. And I, just with that payment, it was like, that was, that was like 15% of my income. I was making $100,000 at the time. And to, to pay $15,000 for an event, that was like craziness to me. <laughs> so I get up there and Bob is on stage and he's like, who wants to teach this stuff for the rest of their life? And I was a banker at the time. And my, sh my hand shot up. It's like, I want to do this the rest of my life. And he's like, all right, if your hand's up, go to the back of the room and I want you to talk to, to your coach at the back of the room. So I went to the back of the room and I was like, all right, I want to do this. And the coach said, all right, it's $30,000. I was like, okay, okay. Maybe I don't want to do this. Cause like <laughs> it just, it shocked me so bad. And so I sat on it. I didn't make a decision. Yes or no. I just sat on it. I let the rest of the event kind of play through. And then on Thursday afternoon, I get a tap on my shoulder. And I look behind me and it's Bob Proctor. Mm -hmm. And he says, Tony, do you want to go to lunch with me tomorrow? I was like, uh, yes, who would not <laughs> want to go to lunch with you? Uh, and, and so he's like, all right, go tell my assistant right over there that you're going to come to lunch with me. So I walk over and I said, hey, Bob wants me to go to lunch with him tomorrow. She's like, no, he doesn't. He's got like 15 people that want to go to lunch with him. He's not going to lunch with you. I was like, well, you might want to go talk to him because he just invited me to lunch. So he, she goes over, she talks to him. She's like, Okay, apparently you're going to lunch with him. So be back in the back of the room at 1130. He's going to he's gonna walk off the stage. He's going to walk to the back of the room. He's going to grab you and you're going to walk upstairs and you're going to go to lunch. He's like, done. So that Friday comes, he walks off the stage. He walks to the back of the room. He grabs me by the arm. We walk up to the restaurant. We sit down. And then he said, all right, Tony, what's going on? Like, I, I noticed that you want to you wanna teach this stuff from stage. You want to teach this stuff. Why, why are you not? Why are you not buying it? Why are you not doing this? And so I went to the worst case scenario in my head. 
I was like, well, like, what if I don't make my money back? And what if I don't, you know, sign anybody up to coach them? And what if I'm a failure? And what if like, then my wife finds out that I just spent half on my annual salary on this stuff and she wants to divorce me. And then, and then I'm a single dad with, with two kids. And then, and then I'm homeless because I went bankrupt because of all this money. And so I was like, I went down the whole train of like worst case scenario, the whole train. And then he stops me. And he says, okay, stop. Are you done? I was like, what do you mean? Am I done? He's like, are you done with this crap? I was like, okay. And he's like, so are you ever going to let that happen? You Tony child, are you ever going to let your kids go homeless? Are you ever going to let your, your wife divorce you over this? Are you ever going to let any of that stuff that you just said happen? And my answer was not a no, it was a hell no. I'm never going to let that happen. He said, then why is it going through your brain? He said, now what's the best case scenario? What's the best thing that can happen? I was like, well, I'm out of the bank and I'm inspiring millions of people around the world and I'm creating programs. And he's like, okay, well, how does that feel? And he's like, that feels incredible. That feels great. And he's like, so focus on that. I was like, oh, okay. So, so it's a choice, Hussein. It's a choice of, and sometimes we need somebody to just say, hold on, stop. Are, are you done? Stop. And, and redirect us to what's the best thing that can happen instead of the worst thing. Because our brains are just trained to go to the worst thing. It just is. It is. But I, I assume this happens because in general, most of people who, when we were little and growing up, it's like we were programmed to certain things or certain systems. Like now it's basically a factory where people always, most of the world who can have, for example, higher education, go get their bachelor's degree. Then we go get a job and then we basically stay there until we retire. This is like most of the things happening while some other people are basically trying to change the world completely. Like, for example, Elon Musk and with, with the things that he's doing, like not, not speaking about his wanting to buy a sports club or anything, but the things that he's doing with the, with space and these kind of things. So, yeah, you, we, we need to think like when the on the, like I mentioned, on the good things, on how and what's possible for us and what's possible for you and how things would change when you make the decision and and make the leap, right? Yeah, and so people will ask me all the time, so how do I flip it? If my brain is programmed to always think of the worst things, how do I start thinking of the best things? How do I flip it? How do where I get it to where my default is, I'm always thinking of the best case scenario and the worst case scenario is something I have to literally change my brain to focus on. And the answer to that um, was a really simple answer. So I was perplexed by this. It's like, I, I don't know the answer to that. So I, as a man of faith, I just knelt down one day and it's like, all right, God, I don't know what to, like, how does a person flip their brain from like this idea that there's not enough and they live in a hostile universe and, and they live in lack, or they live in this idea that this worst case scenario to best case scenario, and there's always enough and abundance, like, and a friendly universe, like how do, how do you flip that switch? And the answer to this prayer was teach people how to be grateful. Yeah. And it was like, that's it. And he's like, that's it. Teach people how to be grateful. And my next question changed my research. It, it, it set me on a journey of five years worth of research. And it was, what does it mean to then be grateful? Yeah, exactly. 
And that's, that's a whole nother realm of, of thought and psychology and, you know, um, theory and theology is like really teaching a person how to be grateful. Um, cause when you're grateful, you'll find the silver lining in every circumstance. You will train your brain to see all of the positive that's outside instead of all the negative you'll, you train your brain when you're grateful to see everything that's present versus everything that's missing. And most people, they, they look at their life through a lens of everything that's wrong or missing. This is missing. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not, you know, courageous enough. I'm not brave enough. I'm not loud enough. I'm not whatever enough. Instead of looking in the mirror and just saying, no, I'm, I like who I am. I'm enough. I can get better, but damn it. I like who I am. I'm good enough. You know, as, as the Saturday night clip, you know, said, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it. People like me, you know, for my Saturday night life, people out there, you'll, you'll figure that out. But you know, it is the, it is the truth. It's coming to this place of like, you know what I am, I am good enough. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't so, have to so, prove myself. So the thinking of people should start thinking, remove all these kind of things and be grateful for, for what they already have, whatever it is, whether it's money, health, relationships, and starting start building upon that, start progressing from that point instead of looking yes. back beyond the zero, like in the minus numbers. At least start from that. Maybe you are at zero, maybe you are at five, and you want to reach the hundred. Instead of working back from a minus 10, you will be working from a, from 20, for example, or a five. So you won't be that far. Well, and it's your ability to see progress. So again, it goes back to the very beginning of our discussion about what is your definition of success and failure look like? And for most people, their definition of success is I didn't achieve my desired outcome or I did. And when we look is like, it's just progression. And did you progress? And, and it's the ability to look at your account your um, scale, your sales sheet, your business numbers and say, man, I'm progressing. I'm doing better. I'm, I'm not where I want to be, but I see progression. And as long as you see progression, you're succeeding. Mm. And, and we look at the, we look at, but I don't have the million dollars in my bank account, or I don't have mm. the thousand sales that I want. So therefore I'm not, I'm not succeeding. It's like, you're missing the point. If, if you're getting closer to it every day and you're moving towards it and you're trying th- new things, new ideas, and, and you failed and it didn't work, you're progressing. And that's success. That's success. And so it's the ability to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm progressing. So I'm succeeding. So this is all about how important it is to have personal development or personal growth embedded into your life. When we say personal development, it does not mean like, uh we are eating all these books about personal development but improving yourself if for example someone reads some kind of a sentence from a book and go apply that learn from that maybe it not will be 100 for you so do something else the more important thing is to like jump from from one step to the second step and to the third step yep yeah mm. and and you know I was oblivious to personal development for most of my life. I didn't even know this, this world existed, you know, 15 years ago. I had no clue. I was an executive in the bank. I thought that banking was going to be the rest of my life, earning a hundred grand a year. That was going to be just an amazing income, you know, and I might retire at 65 and go golf for the rest of my life. Like that's how I saw my life. I did not even 
It didn't even enter the realm of possibility that I could be a speaker across the world, that I could be on demand for, um, you know, the, the speaker that is, that like, is people want to have come be on their stage, that I would be on podcasts like this, that I'd be making my annual income in a month that, you know, all of these things, it's like, that didn't even enter the realm of possibility 10, 15 years ago. What is in the realm of possibility 10 years ago? This wasn't even in the realm, but because I've developed myself and I have the habits of personal development every day, my, my limits keep increasing and increasing and increasing instead of here's the only thing I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. So you, every individual should, should work on themselves to expand their, basically their knowledge and this knowledge that they gain into uh, something that they can apply. Into and make it into and turn it into action, not just keep it as a knowledge. It's not just to expand knowledge, though. It's expanding your level of awareness. Okay. So let me, let me just like a person doesn't earn a hundred thousand dollars a year because they love earning a hundred thousand dollars a year. A person earns a hundred thousand dollars a year because they're completely oblivious of how to do it every month. They're unaware. A person doesn't you know, work 80 hours a week because they love working 80 hours a week. A person works 80 hours a week because they don't know how to make the same amount of money and only work 10 hours a week or five hours a week. They're unaware. People don't take a vacation once a year because they love taking a vacation only once a year. They take a vacation once a year because they don't know how to do it every weekend. If they did, they would do it. So it's awareness, not just knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I'm aware now of a whole new world that I was completely oblivious to 10 years ago. Yeah, it's awareness. I, I understand what you're saying. Simply, simply go driving, and you will see that most people who are driving are not aware of what is surrounding them. So imagine that in driving. So <laughs> imagine yeah. that in their life. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. So what 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 would you say, for example, certain resources or books, like you mentioned Bob Proctor earlier, that you uh, that you follow or read about? Well, I, I mean, I love science. And so, um, I, I love Bob Proctor, uh, and, and he's more on the, you know, think and grow rich end and, and just the, you know, law of attraction. I'm more into positive psychology and science and the science of the mind and how the brain works and how, you know, biology works. And so for me, um, all of my, my programs that I developed over the last, you know, decade, have all the science intertwined with all of the quote unquote woo, you know, you've got, uh, all of these, uh, spiritual teachers that are out there. And for me, it's like, okay. And what's the science behind that. And so for me, I always want to try and find the, the research or the science that supports, you know, the, the old time books that we read about. So, um, obviously you've got your greats, like thinking grow rich. If you haven't picked up that book, that's a book you need. I'll go pick up, um, as a man thinketh by James Allen. These are all old books. Um, newer books, obviously my book vision shift, uh, I, I wrote it. It's 10 keys that you can do to start to develop this mindset. You can grab it on Amazon. Um, so vision shift. And then, you know, the book that I read that got me into this, it was the, the happiness advantage by Sean Aker out of Harvard. That that's the book that, that I read that got me into this whole industry. So, um, there's a ton of books out there. Uh, for me, I just like to err on the side of science. What is the actual science behind everything versus, the theology behind things. Mm. So what would you say, let's say one surprising fact about you that we might not know about? Um, I, I lived in Mexico for two years. I speak fluent Spanish. 
So that's uh, that's a surprising fact that people don't know about me is that I can habla español muy bien. So there you go. That's, <laughs> there you that's go. Great. Spanish is a sexy language, I guess, uh, with Italian. <laughs> to me, I don't know. I used to le- learn Italian back in the day, but um, I, w- I didn't develop to the point where I was really good at it. So I didn't continue with that route. So, <laughs> so yeah. What, so what you is your native what- tongue? Is your native tongue uh, Arabic? Arab- Arabic? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So what would you say one takeaway for this episode for the people who are listening to this uh, would take from this episode? So here's my one takeaway that I would share with anyone is you don't become aware accidentally. Period. You have to take you have to take action. You, you have, have to go to do be, something. You have to be purposeful about it, right? Yeah, you have to be purpose. You're not going to you're not going to get to the top of a mountain and wonder how you got there. Like I don't know of any hiker like I live by mountains. They're right next to my house here. I never know of a hiker that gets to the top of the mountain and then looks around and says, "Huh. How, how did I get up here?" That just doesn't happen. Like, you know, when you get to the top of a mountain. Now, I know a lot of people that sit at the bottom of the mountains and wonder how they got there. And and it doesn't take a lot of effort to stay at the bottom of the mountain. And so you all have mountains in front of you, mountains of visions and dreams and glories that you want to achieve. It's going to require that you start to take steps towards that that are uncomfortable, that that will cause you to sweat blood and tears. And, And so I am just always thinking about what's the first step? What's the next step? Um, so I always provide the next step for people. Uh, I do a two-day workshop here in, in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's it's just the next step that it's like, all right, I just listened to this guy for an hour. Now what? It's like, well, take another step. Like do something towards that end of what it is that you want. Yeah. So people, if they want to learn more from you, where they can get in touch with you, Tony? Uh, just go to my personal website, tonychild.com, or you can follow me on social media, you know, at tonychild underscore. Um, that's my social media handle. So come follow me on social media. I'm always posting, you know, positive uh, things out in the marketplace and um, putting on events and just teaching people about this. This is my passion. This is what I love doing. And um, I feel like uh, I've been pretty good at it. So awesome. well, thank you. Thank you, Tony, for being here today with me. You give some new perspective into things and the most important thing is for people to be aware because if they are not aware, you won't actually achieve what you are looking to achieve. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.